God, as we get into the word of God, the word of life, we thank you, God, for opening our eyes and allowing us to see the wonderful things out of your law, out of your word on tonight, God. We thank you that on tonight, God, it's not about us, it's all about you. And we thank you, God, that we will take this word and put it in our hearts so we won't sin against you, God. And we thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that he is here right now. So, Holy Spirit, you are truly welcome in this place to be our teacher, to be our helper, to lead us and guide us into all truth, to reveal unto us, to make the word known. Also, Holy Spirit, illuminate this, this word. Let light be shone upon this word. And when it is shone upon the word, it will be like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. And it will be like a fire that devours everything around us. And, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. To God be the glory for all the wonderful things he has done. Let's go back through what we had went over so far. We've been talking about the order of the church. We've been talking about membership in the church and what membership is and what it means um, when we talk about uh, joining the church, what that means. I'm going to go back over that a little bit before I add um, some more to it. Um, the Lord was showing me this, and I'm going to give you this um, part. So when we go back over this, everybody understand where I'm coming from. First of all, I want you to understand that we are members of the body of Christ. We are members of the body of Christ. And when we look at membership, it is because we are members of one body and we belong to a local church. All of us are, uni are, are a universal church. When you live, leave out of this building, you do have a local church, but you are a universal church. That means when you're walking among people, you're universal. You be, may be walking among other believers, but you are a universal church because all of us are part of the body of Christ, amen? We're the church, but we fellowship in a local church. And the Lord gave me this to break down um, what he's saying about the local church. And this is what he said. I have become a member of the body of Christ, joining with Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries located at 401 North Wright Street in Burgo, North Carolina, to be equipped for the kingdom of God. That's just how simple it is. I'm going to read it again. I have become a member of the body of Christ, joining with Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, our location 401 North Rice Street, to be equipped for the kingdom of God. This is a building, and this is the building that we come in to fellowship. This is the building that we come in to be taught. When people look for this building, they look for the building by the name. And they look at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. It's a local church. And what make it local is the name that it represents. You have to have a name on a building to know what building to go to, right? So when you see all these names on these buildings, this is how you find that building. Then you need to find what area that or location that building is in, right? So if you don't have no names on no building, you wouldn't know where to find the building, right? So God began to tell me, he said, we are members, first of all, of the body of Christ. That's what I want you to remember. You don't belong to me. You belong to him. 
but you are joining Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry in the location that we're in, Burgall, North Carolina, to be equipped for the kingdom of God. That's just how simple it is. So if any pastor tell you, you belong to me, that's a lie. You belong to the body of Christ. And I think this is where we're getting things mixed up when it comes to the church. You have to know that he's the head of you. And he gives someone the authority as a shepherd to watch over your soul. But he is the head. So if we don't get that part right, people will think that they own you. We don't own anybody. We belong to the body of Christ. We are members of his body. And that's spelled out in Ephesians 5. When we read that, say we're members of the body of Christ. But we're going to go back to this scripture again. For some reason, I need to break it down again. Because we want to make it plain. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 and 14. I'm going to read out the King James Version. For as the body is one and have many members. The body meaning one is Christ's body. But that body has many members. And all members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by the Spirit are we all baptized into that one body. So the Holy Spirit is what, he's the one that baptizes us into the body of Christ. Whether we be Jews, Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. So we are the body of Christ. And we're made up of many members. So that's where that membership come in. Because we are the body of Christ. We're made up of different um, members. And verse 27 in that same chapter says this. And I'm reading now Amplified. Now you collectively are Christ's body. And individually you are a member of it. Each part severally and distinct. Each with its own place and function. So every member in the body of Christ, individual member, has a function, and we make up one body. I want you to understand how important that is, because being that you have come um, to Miracle Temple, we have to understand the um, uh, church that we are attending. We know that we're the church, but I'm using that word. We have to understand who God put us under, we have to know what they're teaching, and we have to make sure it's lining up with the word of God, first and foremost. We don't just become a part of what somebody's doing. When we look at that word join, it means that we, we have become a part of what that church is doing. And if that church is in alignment with what the word of God say, say who wouldn't want to be a part of that? So some people, what they do they visit different churches. They may be in the same location, but they say, I'm going to go visit different churches to see where God want me to be planted at. I just don't want to just stop at one location and say, this is where God want me to be. Not unless God specifically sent me to that location and say, this is where I want you to be planted. And if God planted you in that location, you're going to flourish in the house of God. So we have to understand we're not quick to just come to a church because 
They have a daycare for my kids. They have this ministry. They have that ministry. They have a nice building. So these are the things I'm looking for, a nice building. I need somebody to babysit my kids so I don't have to be bothered doing church. I need um, a nice place that if I want to be married, I can have everything I need to be married in that place or to if you you are married and you want to have renew your vows, I want everything to be like I want it to be, and that's what I'm looking for. One main thing that they're leaving out is truth. So you got people looking for a church that will give meet their needs, meet what they want it to be. So if somebody build start building a big church and this is what they say they're going to do and you see them on TV and they're showing the plans of that church, guess what they're doing? They're, low, they're bringing you in. Because that's what people look for. They want to say, see me, hear me, be attached to me. Come to my church. You will love it. I remember I had um, did a funeral years ago, and um, we had the funeral here. And this specific person had was at the funeral, and I knew this person for years. And I had the burial somewhere else. We had the burial somewhere else. When we got to the burial after we did that, that person walked up to me and said, Come here, let me show you how big our church is. Come in here, let me show you how big. So see, they're looking at the bigness of the church. But everything else in the church was toe up. They didn't feel like it was toe up because that's what they were used to. That's what they were accustomed to. I can say, Lord, Lord, and still party, and I'm still okay. And that's what go on in, in the churches. People letting people do what they want to do just to keep that body in the church and it's out of order. And this is why we're teaching on order to let people know you don't just join everything. Like Masons. You got people joining Masons because it's so popular. I'm a Mason. And they're so secretive that they can't even share with their wives what they're teaching. Or what they're saying. Who want to join something that's dealing with that, but they said it's about the Lord. You got ministers that's behind the pulpit that have accepted that. And wanting people to accept what they're doing. It's the church with the symbols on the windows that represent being a mason. Is it what you call it? Yeah, I looked around in the church. I'm like, Jesus. You got light and darkness, and it don't mix. And some people up in there praising God think they're having a good time, and they mixed up. Light and darkness don't mix. So if somebody come in there to tell them the truth, what they're going to do is throw you out, saying you disturbing things. You ain't going along with what they're doing. And people are going for that. But when you go for what the word says, they're looking at you like you're crazy. So, when you join a place, a church, you want to know what you are joining to. We all know that when we got born again, we were joined unto the Lord. We were one spirit with him. So, that's in 1 Corinthians 6, the 6th chapter, verse 17, right? We see that we were joined unto him. We're one spirit. I'll give you an example. All of us in here right now, we're born again. We're joined of the Lord. We have one spirit with him, right? All of us have become a part of the body of Christ. 
We are a member of his body. So all of us come together. We begin to fellowship because we have the same spirit. We should be on the same accord, having the same mind, and anything that's outside of Christ, we should be able to settle that through the word of God, right? I'm going to say this. You will not find a perfect church. You will not find a perfect church. You know why? Because we're going to have some hiccups in church. We're going to have some things that go on in church that should not go on in church. People think that because you go to a church that it's going to be picture perfect. The only thing that's perfect is your spirit. And everything else, you got to work on it through looking in the mirror, which is the word of God. And it, it takes more than me to do it. It takes you as the body. That's why every joint supplies. That means if I'm teaching or giving you the word of God and something is going on with the member of that body, you should be willing to help that body. Because just like Joy Allen said, uh, Minister Allen said, she was saying that if she stomp her toe, her eyes are going to water up. If you cut your finger, you're going to feel the pain from that finger. A part of your body is going to feel that pain, right? So every joint supply. So we as the members and as the body of Christ, we should be there for one another. And this is what I'm going to talk about tonight. So remember that you are a member of the body of Christ. Joining with Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. Let me put the other part in there. NC. <laughs> and you know where it's located at. So we can be equipped for the kingdom of God. That's what we do. And it's nothing else that we should be doing but equipping you for the kingdom of God. Why are we equipping you? So you can go out and equip others. You don't get it? So you can go out and give people what you're getting in here. We don't stay in here. We go out of here. And when we go out of here, guess what? We are a universal church, y'all. Because we're meeting a lot of people that could be saved. And you're meeting some that's not saved. But the ones that are not saved, you're telling them about the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And guess what? You're presenting the kingdom. But you can't present the kingdom until you present Christ. Because there's no other way you can get to the Father, get to the kingdom, except through Jesus Christ. So once you introduce that king, Jesus unto them, and you in, um, talk about the kingdom and what the kingdom has for them, then guess what, y'all? They're going to say, just like they did with um, Peter, what must I do? What must we do? Because they're going to be pricked, you know, within their heart. The, their heart is going to be like, okay, Lord, I need you. I can't do this by myself. So as you begin to minister this good news to them about the kingdom, which you, Jesus is first, guess what? Afterwards, they're going to say, where do you fellowship at? Where do you go to church? Or they may not ask you. You need to say, okay, uh, do you have a place that you are attending? Do you have a place that you go to fellowship? Now, some people, believe it or not, been sinners since they popped out of the womb and they have become a member of the body of Christ out of order. Out of order. You should not have no sinners on the list. They cannot be on the list. That's where division come in in the body of Christ. 
They have to be born again to be a member of the body of Christ. You have to be born again. You have to be. We prove that in scripture. After Peter spoke the good news to them, what did he, what did they say? What must we do to be saved? Brothers, what must we do? They told him, you got to repent, have a change of heart, turn away from sin, turn to God because they heard the good news. So then they said, and then you have to be baptized. Now, we have to understand that the reason they were going through all of this is because they were following the commission. They were doing what they were taught because they were followers of Jesus Christ. Everything they'd done was not outside of what they learned while they were with Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. So they were carrying out that commission, and they were telling them, this is what you have to do. When this was done, the Bible said it was 3,000 souls in Acts, the second chapter, that was added unto the church. So they were added unto them. But guess what the next thing that they had to do? They had to come up under those apostles' doctoring, the way that they do things their way of living, their way of doing, which represents Jesus Christ. So they had to fellowship with them. They had to become one. And they did become one when they were born again. But now they had to be taught to make disciples of men. So they stayed in fellowship with the apostles. And the Bible said that they all had something in common. It wasn't no isms and schisms with them. All of them was on one accord. How do I know this? Because they were willing to give up what they had. That was not important anymore. Whatever the need was that was amongst them, they were ready to fulfill that need. So when you give up your life for Christ, it is no longer about you and what you have. It's about what you have that God can use for his kingdom to help somebody else. Because we're kingdom citizens. My house ain't mine. My cars are not mine. Everything I have don't belong to me. It belongs to the kingdom. And the thing is, God is saying, this is funny, I'm hearing this in my ear. I can't use that vehicle. It's got some debt on it. So you can't get at to nobody. But you got two or three over here that you got the title to. Who are you going to give them to? Lay them at the apostle feet. Y'all don't get it? Because what they laid at their feet was what was paid for. They didn't owe no man nothing but to love them. See, some of us tried to get out of it and say, well... I would give a car, but all of them got some digits behind them. But what we need to say is, Lord, what do I have that I can give out of my house? May not be a car, maybe a coat, maybe shoes. What can I bring to help somebody that's in need? This is what they were doing for the kingdom. So they stayed in prayer. They were breaking bread from house to house. So they were in fellowship together. They were on one accord. They joined in with the apostles. So the apostles are the ones that had authority over whom God added. And once they stayed up under their teaching, you know what some people say, ain't no such thing. You don't have to go to church. You're the church. You can stay home. But my Bible tells me, When we went over the scripture in Hebrews, I believe it was 13, let's read that. You got to have somebody to submit to, right? Because if you didn't need somebody to submit to, why does the word of God say in Hebrews 13, 17? Obey, 
or have confidence in your leaders and act under or submit to their authority. For because they are watching over you, because they are responsible, we'll give an account to God for your souls or you. Obey them. Do this act this way so that they will do this work with joy, not sadness, or complaint, or groaning, for that would be of no benefit, advantage, help to you. Did y'all hear that? People are telling you, you don't have to be subject to no one but God. God set order in church. In the churches, he has set an order. God is not going to allow you to get born again and sit home. Because God put people over you to watch over your soul and the ones that he have watching over those souls when they stand before God to receive that crown they have to be in alignment with whom God have put up under them for watching over I'll give you an example y'all know how when it comes to the sheep they have a shepherd sheep are dumb now I didn't call you dumb sheep are dumb If you don't lead those sheep, they will go over a cliff. So that shepherd have to teach those sheep to follow him and to know his voice. So when that shepherd called that sheep, that sheep knows that's my shepherd. But when a stranger come in and try to take the sheep with something outside of what they were taught, they say, I can't follow you. What's happening to people? They're going from church to church, following shepherds that God did not put over you. Or you trying to be a shepherd, and God said, that's not the call I put on your life. Just because you know the word don't mean I want you to pastor some people. Because your house ain't right. If you can't take care of your own house and get that house right, how can you take care of my house? You got a lot of pastors that... Ain't in love with their wife no more. No more. Let their children run wild. Disrespect them. Give them money. And they want a church. And people give them the church. They vote them in. That's out of order. So when you know what the order of the church is and how things should be, you will know where you need to be. And y'all, I'm going to be frankly honest with y'all. That's why God called those seven churches out in the book of Revelation. Some of them was what? Lukewarm. He said, I want you to be hot or I want you to be cold. Some of them looked like they were doing one thing right, but then they didn't get this part right. God said, you got to get this right before I come. So God would give you the opportunity to get it right. But the only church that looked as if they had everything right was the Philippi church. Philippians, wasn't it? Philadelphia. So we see that some things in churches are not right. But God gave us the word on how to get it right according to the word. But he put a shepherd over you. He put somebody over you to watch over your soul. And so many people disrespect the ones that he put over you to watch over your soul because you think you know more than the shepherd. And you try to do it sneakily to make people think you know more than the shepherd by going behind the shepherd. I give you an example. Moses led the people, amen? But you had Aaron that looked more spiritual than Moses. You had Joshua 
that was more of a warrior than Moses was. But who held up the rod? See? He's the one that had the rod of authority in his hand. And Joshua and Aaron had to follow his lead. I don't care if you think you know more than I know. You got to follow the one that God put in charge of the house that he has given. You can't look at everybody that come in here and say, well, she shouldn't have said it like that. This is how this right here should have been done. She didn't even complete that scripture. That ain't actually what that scripture said. This is, oh, let me go check behind her because I don't feel that. This is what happened in the body of Christ. And God let the good shepherd know. He let the person know what's going on. If they have a relationship with him and they're toning into heaven, he let me know when my sheep are cutting the food. And I'll let you keep cutting the food. Because that cutting going to be cut out after a while. And I don't have to cut you out. Because guess what? God will allow you to leave. We're going to get to that. See, this is why we have to understand membership and how important membership is. You don't just come be a part of a church that, that people are saying, Ooh, come. They'll, she'll tell you, or it's other people that can tell you everything you ever done. They'll tell you you get in a car. They'll tell you you get in a man. Ooh, they be having fun up in there. They be running around, falling out, getting delivered. You need to come. You've been, you've been in this all your life. You'll come out of it. Then if they come and all that's going on and all of a sudden the teaching starts, boring what happened to the falling out what happened to the running around can i tell y'all something members of the body of christ you shouldn't be looking to be falling out all the time you should be getting taught so you can go lay some hands on some people that need to be delivered you come up in here to get the word so you can stay in the place that God needs for you to stay in through the word. That's why we come into fellowship. We don't come in here just to fall out every Sunday. Now, will God encourage you? Yes. With the gift of prophecy, God will use somebody to encourage a member. See, every joint supply. If Kwana is down, he may use Jennifer Simpson and say, Sister Kwana, you've been on my heart. God laid you on my heart and he said, you are going to make it. Your money may not look like it need to be looking, but God said, because you give outside of how it looked, you're going to have more than enough, more than the need. You're going to have abundance and no lack. So God told me to bless you with this because I'm a loving God. Kwana, come up here. Now, this is what I want to do. I'll have to pause in the midst of this. I just want y'all to come up and just give us some money. Just lay it in the hands. I didn't tell you on the mount. I just said lay it in the hands.
Now, Kwana, hold it up to God and say, God, I thank you that this is more than enough, and I give you glory because you saw my need. Let me tell you something. God did that because she needed some encouragement. Sometimes we give all that we have sometime and we just go on when it looked like we don't have nothing. But we do it out of the obedience. Everybody in here is a part of Miracle Temple, right? And we're joining in. You just joined in to what Miracle Temple was doing. You joined in to a need that was in the house. Every joint supplied. That's what we're supposed to do. This is why we stay before the Father. Because if the foot is hurting, every part of the body is supposed to hurt. Because we're joined in one body. If the hand is hurting, every part of the body is supposed to hurt. We don't suppose to let that body hurt by itself. If that part is rejoicing, we're supposed to rejoice with Sister Mary. We're supposed to give God glory. If Sister Mary was blessed with a new car, we're supposed to say, glory be to God. We honor you, God, just like it was our car because we're one. We don't supposed to get jealous and say, Sister Phyllis, you see that? Why, she get a car. Ain't you been praying for one? Where your car? Ain't y'all supposed to be friends? What happened to your car? You be praying with her every night? That's a part of the body sowing discord. Y'all don't get it? We're supposed to love one another. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is being a part of the body of Christ. Amen? This is being part of the body of Christ. So we have learned that now that we are part of the body of Christ, And we have become a part of a local church by joining in to what they're doing and fellowshipping with them according to Hebrews 10, right? We fellowship, we assemble together and we fellowship, we come together on one accord. And then we have learned what qualifies us is to be born again and the baptism. I'm going to go back over that briefly because like I said before, when you're out as a disciple and you're ministering, to someone, and they become born again, they're becoming a part of the kingdom of God. They're becoming a member of the body of Christ, right? But guess what? God is going to decide where that member is going to be placed. It ain't for us. We can offer and say, you know, we fellowship every Sunday. You're welcome to come fellowship with us. You're welcome to sit in and hear what the pastor is teaching. We have teachers. We have people that's teaching Sunday school. You're welcome to come in and join us. So when they come in and they join us, but let me back up. Let's say before they come in, the commission was baptizing them, right? Let's say that there's, you're telling them about baptism. Now you got to be baptized and they over to your house. Are you going to forbid them from being baptized if you got a tub? I don't mind going home wet. 
put me under. But let's say that they don't. We know that they're baptized by the Spirit, right? Through the Holy Spirit. So that's the qualifications. But then we go on. We want to submit. We talked about that. Submitting to the ones that God has ruled over you. To the shepherd, right? So we know we got to submit to church leadership. We went over Hebrews 13, 17. And I think I gave you Hebrews 13, 7, didn't I? Huh? I didn't give you no more in Hebrews. Okay. First Peter five verses one through five. It tells us not to only submit to the ones that's over us, but we're subject one to another. I want y'all to understand that we're subject one to another. Do I mind submitting to somebody in the body of Christ? No, if they bring in truth, do I mind being corrected by somebody in the body of Christ? No, if they're bringing truth. I shouldn't mind because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. I may hold a certain position in the body of Christ, but it don't give me no right to look at you differently for who you are in the body of Christ. And this is where we get it mixed up at. Some churches just feel like you're supposed to help the pastor all the time. That's not true because y'all know me as your shepherd. I don't ask you for anything. And what they put on the list, you have a choice. Whether or not you want to give in to the list, but I'm going to be honest with you. Some people are hurting when they see the list. It scares them. But there's no amounts on the list. Nothing. God give you a choice of what you want to do with seeing what you see. And if it's not for us, it's okay. I don't hold no grudges because I don't look to you. I look to the king of kings. That's all. So that's another thing that we have to go over. Because people's hearts get shut when it comes to people that God has put over you. And that's a stronghold in the body of Christ. Amen. So we see, too, you, you have to have accountability in the body of Christ. Accountability means that all of us have to be accountable. Is that not right? To someone. We look in the body of Christ. They were accountable. They were up under the apostles' teaching and leadership. But accountability come in, too, when someone in the body of Christ is not doing what they need to be doing. A member could hold them accountable and say, this is who you are. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. So when we come together in fellowship, it helps us to stay accountable. And some people who don't fellowship like they should or come to church to be taught, then they feel like they don't need church no more. They feel like they don't need that fellowship. They want to lay in the bed. Some people say, it's too long of a drive. I never forget what Apostle Cross said. She said, a church alive is worth the drive. And she's been driving to this church five years, two hours, four hours, both ways, two hours to come. Well, hour and 37 minutes there and hour and 37 minutes back. And she love it. Why? Because she said, I'm getting what I need. And it's not too often you get what you need because people want to get what they want. And they're not thinking about the body. It's all about them. So this is why we we need accountability. We need people in the body of Christ to keep us accountable. We need people in the body of Christ to keep Porter accountable. (laughs) I'm picking on Jenna. She needs some accountability when she says she forget all the time. 
When you know you got to remember that said, if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget it. What you need to do is go pick up her little book and say, Jennifer, I'm just going to be honest with you. You have the Holy Spirit and he can remind you of all things. But if till you get there, write it down. We got to hold her accountable, not go behind and say, Lord, we calling on the Lord. Have mercy on Jennifer's mind. We have to come up here as the body of Christ and lay hands on her mind and say, Holy Spirit, come. She needs you right now. That's what we have to do. Because when you find a member that's always out of place, you got to help them get back in place. It ain't only my place to help them. It's yours too. You may see something I don't see. Shirley may see something I don't see with Erica. Because she may be around Erica more than I'm around Erica. She can't be praying, Lord. Let let Amanda see. Let her see that Erica needs some help. And she with her more than I am. Open her eyes and let her see. Lord, why don't she see? So when I look at Shirley every Sunday, she's looking at Erica. Yes, Lord. (laughs) To make sure I see. That's just a skit. That's not happening. But that's what we do. We try to put the burden on the pastor. Well, they fornicating in the church. I'm just going to tell the pastor. I don't want them mad at me. I saw them. I saw them. I saw them go in and I saw them come out. What you doing there? (laughs) I watched them. I got proof. I even got a picture to prove it. So what you coming to me for? Because they're your member. (laughs) They go to your church. What happened to our church? You know why? Because you want them to curse me out. You want them to hate me and still love on you. Tell the truth and shame the devil tonight. Pastor done took too much, too many beatings, and I ain't taking them no more. Y'all get it? Handle your own business. It ain't for me to handle it because that's why you getting taught, people. So we see we got to have accountability. We went over First Corinthians six nine through eleven, and it's telling some things that we were when we were into the world. So if you seeing those things now, you have to help that person be accountable. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. We come into fellowship, sharing, participating, coming together. Hebrews 10, 25. There goes the discipline and correction, right? So we have to have discipline and correction in the body of Christ. I'm not the only one that bring correction, people. Do you know when some people want to bring correction? When they feel like the spirit of the Lord have fell upon them. And they begin to use the word of knowledge. I see, I see, I see. You saw that before the Holy Spirit gave it to you. You lying on him. Now you want to get him in front of the church. I see, I see the Lord is telling me. No, you were nosy. That's how you saw that. Let's be real, y'all. Let's just tell the truth, shame the devil. So, and and another one I didn't give y'all was commitment. Being a member... Being a part of the church, of the body of Christ, we have to be committed one to another. What do I mean? Do y'all know y'all make a commitment when you become a part of a local church? Remember I said every joint supply? Go back and read 1 Corinthians 12, the whole chapter. 
every joint supply, we need Jennifer hand. If Jennifer committed that hand to this church, I need that hand. Because if that hand ain't here, it's messing up the rest of the body. If Julia committed her foot, one of them feet, I need it. Because she made a commitment. Apostle, this foot is going to be here today. Okay. I, thank you, Julia. Gwana say, Apostle, I got you. I got you. I'm the eye. All right, Kwana, you got me now. So I need that part of the body. She making a commitment. This is what's happening when it comes to commitment. When you got something to do, I can't bring my foot up in there, can't bring my hand up in there, and I definitely ain't bringing my eyes up in there today. I'm tired. I got other things to do. Get somebody else. But you made a commitment. We're one body, meaning that whatever you have committed yourself to do, if you are a help in the church, part of the help, y'all know we went over those gifts, right? Anything that God, anything that God placed in the body is needed. So let, I'll give you an example. I'm going to give you Judah for example. We got people on Judah, right? Judah has turned over every year. People have decided at the last minute, I don't want to do this no more. Don't want to do it. But they're part of the body. So that part of the body is missing. So we got to make up for that part of the body, but people know that part is missing because they made a commitment. So it throws the body off trying to adjust because if I have a member of Judah, that's my lead and they do lead all the time and they all of a sudden say, I don't want to do it no more then guess what? The rest of the body is going to be thrown off because you was the part that carried the rest. That's commitment. So when you are a part of something, you don't just drop out on your job. You give a two-week notice. That's policy. But in the body of Christ, ain't no notice. This is what God assigned you to do. And you're doing it unto the Lord. So what you're saying is, you ain't dropping out on Judah. You're dropping out on the Lord. It's about him. We're one body in him. So when you say, this is what I'm going to do, or this is what the Lord tell me that he wants you to do, and you're saying, yes, always had a passion for that. And you get into it, and you love it, and all of a sudden somebody put in your ear, you don't need to do that no more. God is telling me that. You need to start your ministry. You need to leave that alone. You're going to die there. And she know you're going to die there. She know who you, who you are. She just don't want you to be where she is. God is, I hear him right now. He's saying you need to come out from amongst them. You're being stagnated. He said right now you need to come out from, I hear him right now. Yes, Lord, I'll put it in place. Yes, Lord, you can come with us. I can take you places. I can get your name out there for the Lord. And people leave the church. Because they don't know what the word says. That's why when you, com when you make a commitment, that means what you're doing, you're disrupting that body. 
when you decide it's time to go. That's not God's order. And we're one family. We're there for each other. So when that hand say, I don't want to be a part of that body, you missed in that body. And when you don't tell the body that you're leaving and why you're leaving, the body is always wondering where they go, why they leave. What do we do? Did I do something? Did I say something? Because you just left. That's not God. Because we're a family. God was showing me this. We have the Walker Town community. And it's all walkers up there in that community. And I grew up in that community, and all of us was a big, happy family. Some people moved out of that community, but when they came into that community, they still fit into that community because they were used to what that community does, right? So if they decide to move away from that community, when that community come back together, I'm talking about a universal church, they know they can always join in to what they're doing because they had a part before in what they were doing. They can tap right in from where they left off. We as the body of Christ, when you say you are part of Miracle Temple, when you say this is where God puts you, you don't check out because you don't feel like you're a part no more. They don't make me feel like I'm a part no more. You got a problem with your walk with God. Because you don't go on how you feel. Because you're going to have some stuff in church that's going to make you feel some kind of way. That's why we went over discipline. That's why we went, it's in the word. So we see we have, when we make a commitment, Julia made a commitment to her job. If Julia don't show up on that job, she's missing in action. And they're going to find out what happened to Julia. And Julia's going to get her a little occurrence or get her a little something. They're going to tell her, out again, baby. You out of here. Because she was committed to her job. Who in here would just leave a job without a notice? And you're saved. Something's wrong. Because that's not what God would do. Next thing, I'm going to go over this quickly. Um, I want to talk about reasons for leaving the church. Now, y'all, I just went over briefly what we went over last week, so don't let that scare you. <laughs> Reasons for leaving a church, false doctrine. If you get in false doctrine in a church, you need to leave that church. You can go to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. If it's false doctrine in a church, you need to leave that church. Okay, I'm hearing this in my spirit. Some of you don't even know what false doctrine is because you don't even go into the word of God. So you think that's the way it's supposed to be, and you just join in with them and tell people to come. You having a good time. I remember it was a place, y'all, the only thing I heard that was good at the church was the singing. Come on. I mean, we have some awesome singing up in there, and it's just so good. Come on with us. Come on and join us. That's all they talked about was the singing. It wasn't nothing about the word. It was just about the singing. Come and listen to the singing. So next thing is, Sin in the church not being dealt with. Now, we talked about, as believers, 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, when they had something going on within the church at Corinth, what did Paul tell them to do? Paul said, this is how you should handle this, but you were boasting about this. 
So when it's sin in the church, you have to bring correction in that church um, through the word of God. But if that church continually stay in sin, I'll give you an example. If you're visiting a church and they play the worldly music, they dance off the worldly music, you seeing them when they praising God, doing a worldly dance and saying the Holy Ghost got a hold of them. You seeing them falling all out and saying Jesus is in the place. But you seeing all this sin going on in the church. You seeing people that um, fornicate, haven't accepted Jesus, but yet they're singing in the church. You seeing them serving in the church. Why would you want to be a part of that? That's not a church you want to be a part of. Some of y'all have seen it and have been a part of it. And you know what some people say? God loves us all. He don't love sin. He hates sin. God turned his face on sin when Jesus was on the cross. So how can you sit in a church and you see what they're doing and you inviting people to come because it's your mama church or your daddy church or it's your wife church or it's your husband church. Come join us. They good people. They just ain't got it right. Well, why you want to invite somebody in something that ain't right? I don't understand. Next reason to leave a church is you're moving to another city. <laughs> you're moving out of that location. Sister Deborah, look at me like this right here. What I mean, Miss Deborah, if you decide to move to Chicago and you know you can't be here every Sunday, then you need to find you another church. Not unless the Lord is paying for your flight to come every Sunday. That's when you leave the church. Okay. And guess what? Death. You die. You're no longer here. That's when you got permission to leave Miracle Temple. We'll put you in remembrance, though. We'll remember you and where you sat. But you're gone. See, Brother John? He sat right there. But he's gone. But we always see him. I don't know about you. I see him over there in that corner. Because he's in my heart. But he's dead. He's gone. So rest on, John. You got my permission. And one thing I can say about Brother John, he didn't go everywhere else. Even when John was sick and he had churches by him, John found his way to Miracle Temple. And he would call me. He would say, Pastor, I ain't got no way. I said, John, we get your way. Sister Deborah was his way. And I remember it was a time that he really didn't have a way. He was at his dad's house. And he wanted to come, so his dad said, okay, John, I'm going to let you drive my truck. Because he really had a passion to come. But that's when John's eyesight wasn't good. Before John can even get down the road good, he had hit the ditch. (laughs) And still wanted to come to church. (laughs) Because he knew what he needed, y'all. John said, I'm committed. And I I don't know if y'all remember this. When John was an armor bearer, weak, he would get in position by faith. And stand behind the people. Waiting for somebody to fall on the poor fella. But John will stand there in his position. Giving God glory. And the conversations I had with John. He said, though the devil tell me this, pastor. I remind the devil what God said to me. He said, I'm not going to stop coming where I'm getting fed. See, this is what I'm telling you. He was committed 
to where God placed him. He was way over there in Clinton. John come from Clinton. He went on the other side of Canaanville. He come from, I don't care where he went. John found his place at Miracle Temple. Going back to false doctrine. If you're in a place with false doctrine, you don't need to stay. And if you don't know you up in the false doctrine, it's because you're not in the word of God. Once you get born again, it is our job to teach you. But it's your job to go home and meditate on what you've been taught. So when somebody come up to you and you get caught up with those people, you're going to know the difference. I'm going to give you another example. It was this um, gentleman that said he went to go get his car repaired. And it was this 80-year-old woman that was waiting with him to get her car done. And he said he always found an opportunity to talk about Jesus. So he, he just waiting for the opportunity. He began to talk to the, to the lady and they talking scripture. He giving scripture. She giving scripture. They giving glory to God. They having church and everything. He said it was so good. He said, guess what? He said, this woman was on point. He said, but then when I got ready to go, she looked at me and she said, here, take this. So he took it and it was a black rock. She said, as long as you keep this rock, money is going to come your way, son. And so he said, whoop, I remember this. I got a warning of this. This is witchcraft. This woman don't even know she's under witchcraft. He said, I went down that road and threw that rock away. (laughs) He said, because she don't know. She don't know she was under, but he knew because of the word. Some of y'all would have done this. Uh, how, how, how much can I get through this rock? <laughs> you would have took instructions. With I remember this situation. A gentleman called me and told me something was going on in their life, and the man said, if you throw salt in the doorway, things will change. They called me. I said, don't you throw no salt. Don't you waste no salt. That's witchcraft. So see, people come up with their own way of doing and saying that it's God. God don't need no salt. He operate by the word. Now, he may use some salt because we the salt of the earth. But he don't need to be slinging no salt for you to get what you need. He don't need to give you no black rock to tell you to speak over the rock and believe money is coming. He don't need all of that. So these are the reasons that we leave a church. And there's probably more that I haven't went over. Next thing is wrong reasons for leaving a church. I'm going to say this quickly. Wrong reasons. Remember I said sin is a reason to leave the church? If sin is constantly in the church, the pastor know about sin, but it's not being corrected by leadership. By the body of Christ, you need to get out of that church. But let's say I'm going to use Miss Deborah because she's looking at me like, let me open up my ear. I'm going to use Miss Deborah. Miss Deborah is doing something that Miss Deborah should not do. I didn't see it, but let's say Sheikah saw it. Sheikah, as a member of the body of Christ, have a right to go to her sister, Sister Deborah, and bring correction to that sin. To let her know she's out of order. Should Miss Deborah be offended? No. And I'm going to tell you why. Go with me to Galatians 6. I have to read this one. Y'all, isn't the word good? 
If you know where to look, you can find everything you need in the word. There's no excuse. In Galatians 6, 1, it says this. The word of God says this. I love this. Brothering. Are we all brothers and sisters? If a man, mean woman or man, be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. Are you spiritual? Are you born again? You bring restoration. Restore such and one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest also thou be tempted. Bear ye one another burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in others. For every man should bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. So we, as the body of Christ, when we see someone in sin, we bring correction. You know what some people say? I don't want to be a part of that no more. Apostle Amanda's letting stuff go on in that church. She shouldn't let go on. She have her little picks. Sister Niece can do this. But as soon as I do that, or fall short in this right here, she's saying something to me. She never say nothing, Sister Niece. Are you in our conversations? Did the Holy Ghost tell you I ain't dealing with Sister Denise? So that person said, I'm leaving the church because I call that sin. And, and the Bible say, have no respectable person. That is no reason to leave the church because Miss Deborah done something. She ain't got no business. And I didn't say nothing, but, you, but she could have the opportunity to say something. You are a member of the body of Christ. We can go to our sister and brother in love and bring correction through the word because if they are overtaken in a fault, we restore them through what? The word of God. Next thing is disagreement over scripture. Some people leave the church because they have disagreement over the scripture. They ain't what the word say. This is what the word say. You need to tell it if you're going to tell it because they ain't what it say. Corinthians, 2 Timothy 2, verse 14 through 16. You can read over that. People that have disagreement over scripture will leave the church. We do not suppose to debate the word. 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 16. And then in the book of Jude, it said to contend for the faith. Let me tell you what that means. I'm going to give you all an example. Contending for the faith means... What you believe that you know is right, you don't come down regardless of how you hate it. But when we in the body of Christ, we don't contend over scripture. We don't debate over scripture. The scripture is what it is. Things that I contend for, if I believe that God told me to do something, I don't care what you say, I'm going to do it and I'm not going to debate with you. Because I'd rather obey God than man. It shouldn't be no debate. And we as brothers and sisters in Christ should have enough confidence and trust in that person to know that they're hearing God and say, I'm with you. So contending for the faith means you are fighting for what's right. You're not coming against each other. And just because somebody is not in agreement with you, they don't give you a right to leave the church. People leave the church because they're against me. I know more than they know. So I'm just going to leave and go where I'm appreciated. That's not a reason to leave the church. We come together in love. Amen. Another one is disunity, sowing discord amongst the brothers. God hate that. 
Proverbs, the sixth chapter, tell you that. So if somebody's sowing discord, how do we handle it? Through the word. And the Bible tells us, evidence of salvation is love, 1 John 3, 14. So we give them love when they show in discord, right? Because God is about love. We're supposed to have unity in the bond of peace. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. Esteeming others better than ourselves, Philippians 2, verse 3. So we don't you leave the church because we're saying we're not on one accord. We get on one accord through what? Scripture. Through the word. Now, for real, y'all, people leave the church because they feel like they left out. They feel like the pastor liked this one better than they liked them. And another reason why people leave the church. Because they've been in a church where they have been hurt. They have not resolved those issues from that previous church. They bring it into another church because they didn't leave that church with peace. And when things pop up, they are getting it from the past experience. And they're using that in the new church to say, every church is just the same. People just don't show love. I have dealt with that. I have dealt with it where this person, Pew turned red in my office and said, well, the other person turned red. Actually, the person that said it was, ain't no love at Miracle Temple. When I first went there, people loved each other. It just ain't no love. I said, listen here. If you find a perfect church, you let me know when you get there. Because the same way you're feeling now, you're going to take it wherever you're going, and you're going to have the same thing that pop up because you know what? God is love. And maybe what you're going through, you need to go to that person and find out what's going on, and that'll tell you the reason you're feeling like you're feeling. The other person say, don't say nothing else. Don't say nothing else. So what am I telling you? We have wrong reasons for leaving the body of Christ. We leave because of our feelings. It's not about feeling. It's about faith. Amen, Judy. So we don't leave because of how we feel. Personal offenses. Matthew 18, tell us how to handle that, right? Go to your brother. So we don't leave because we have an offense. We deal with it through the word of God. Isn't God telling us how to come together in unity? It's in the word. Why leave a church that you're getting taught? You're getting everything you need, but you're not using what you're getting. You just, I'm just fed up. I'm just leaving. Oh, here go another one. You know, I've been out and nobody didn't call me. I could have been dead, but you ain't. <laughs> nobody ain't called me. Nobody checked on me. Nobody could care less about me. For one, some people don't want you to call them. Some people don't want you in their business. I had a person to say, don't call me. <laughs> okay. And then people looking at me like, why nobody ain't calling nobody in the church? See, some things you don't know. But we're all one body. You call. It ain't up to the pastor to call everybody when they're missing an action. Don't you have two eyes? Don't you see that they missing an action? You don't have to get my permission to call Monica. You don't see her, do you? Call her. If you know she here every Tuesday, you know the Tuesday says she here and she not here, that, that person is missing an action. So you want to say, Sister Monica, 
I noticed that you weren't here, but you're here about every Tuesday. Is everything okay? That's your brother or sister. Why are you waiting on me to call them digits? Well, apostle, I ain't seeing so-and-so. Did you call them? Did you? You want the number? Churches are tore up. They wait on the pastor. If the pastor go to the bathroom, is that your cue to go? Unwillingness to submit to authority. That's another reason why people leave. Hebrews 13, 7 and verse 17. And another reason is people don't want to hear the truth no more. They're turning away from truth. 2 Timothy 4, verses 2 through verse 4. And I'm going to stop there. I think we got enough, right? And we'll go back over it again. And the reason why I keep going back over it again, you need another scripture, Judy? (laughs) Turning away from the truth, 2 Timothy 4, verse 2 through verse 4. Y'all, this is so good. Because it's helping us to be on one accord. Second Timothy. Huh? Unwilling to submit to authority. Hebrews 13, verse 7 and verse 17. Because the word of God tells us to submit, right? When you got a person that don't want to submit, they're going to leave. Because they say, I ain't submitting to nobody but God. You just is ignorant. You don't went from ignorant to stupid. If God put, you, put somebody over you, then you submitting to him. People need to cut this mess out. I ain't submitting to no woman. I ain't being up under no leadership. Well, that's your prerogative. Bye. Ain't like that we can't go on because you ain't here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We got to get bold for Jesus Christ, Joe. That's right. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Quanta, come up, please. Want to get the mic and talk about the goodness of Jesus. Well, we all know God is good. We all here. We're in our right minds. Um, he's so good how he used our apostle, you know, um, just speaking on tonight. And sometimes, you know, you can look at people and think that they have it all together, you know, it, but when you just give, 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 or you just do things, you don't, you're not looking at what you have. You're just giving. But at the end of the day, whenever something is due, that's when it's time to look. <laughs> and it's not there. You know, you still have to just keep walking and trusting. But God is so good and so faithful. And he's always on time. And I just thank God for that. I thank God for this teaching on tonight. Um, even with how we're supposed to go to our brother and sister, you know, different situations and how we are supposed to correct one another. And when we do, you know, be humble and receive, you know, and be submissive one to another. So I just thank God. He's just so good. And I just love him so much for loving me. So thank you, Apostle. And this is what we do in the body of Christ. 
Sometimes your brother and sister don't have to come to you. God will place them on your heart. And you be obedient to what God is doing. We're helpers of one another, y'all. Every joint supply. And one thing you got to understand, if you're part of the body of Christ, and let's say Eunice is doing something, she's part of this body. We want to help Eunice with what she's doing, amen? But there's a difference here, too. If we're helping Eunice with what she's doing, and the body of Christ need help, and Eunice say, I, I can't do that. I, I just can't do it. Is Eunice out of order? Because if the body of Christ is helping her, she's supposed to be helping the body of Christ. So we need to find out, Eunice, what's going on with you? We're here for you, but we need to be here for each other. That's what love does. Some people want you to help them, but they're ne never available to you. That's not Christ. They want to do what they want to do and want to get people to help them to do it. But they're not doing what they need to do as that body, as that member, as that part. It's out of order. Because anything that God give you to do, he's going to give you the ones to help you to do it. And if he's giving you ones to help you, it should open up your heart to help others. It ain't always about you. It's about saying, God, you sent somebody my way. How can I be a help to somebody else? We're all part of the body of Christ. But you don't leave your local church and go help another church and don't help in your local church. And then pull people out your local church to help you. Next teaching. Come on up, deacons. We're going to go ahead and give this offering. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs>